Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I'm going to do something crazy. What fresh hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. I'd like to speak to the manager of COVID. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. It's all bonkers. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. You drag me kicking and screaming onto that plane... Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we are asking, will we ever really get back to normal? What is normal, Amy? What is normal? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the definition of normal. I mean, I will disclose that I'm home with two kids with COVID right now, so I guess not. I mean... Yes, and I will disclose that I just had COVID again for, I think, the third time, definitely the second, about two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I have thoughts about that. You had suggested that this topic be, is COVID finally over? And I thought, well, we can say, (laughs) yeah, don't tempt fate. Is that what you thought? Yeah, exactly. No, it's not. So we're going to call it, will we ever get back to normal? Because we have to learn to live with COVID. We are living with COVID at our houses. Well, we famously, and I say it all the time, and I realize people don't know the reference. It's a joke. A friend of mine was at something in like May of 2020, and there were security people and nobody had a mask on. And she said, it was in New York. And she said, why don't you have a mask on? And the person responded in like May 2020, COVID is over. (laughs) And so we say that all the time. And then people hear me say it and they think that I actually think that and I have to explain myself. But like my husband and I, I'm like, should we wear masks? He's always like, COVID is over. Like it's just, I mean, COVID ain't over as it turns out. We have COVID right now. My kids are fine, by the way. Symptomatic, but fine. Very, very mild and briefly symptomatic so far. And yeah, I mean, I definitely, Amy and I were just out in LA traveling and I kept thinking, I'm going to bring home COVID, I'm going to bring home COVID. And then I came home and my kids had brought home COVID from school, you know? And so the call is coming from inside the house, Margaret. Haven't you learned anything from those old horror movies? I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong thing to say, Amy, and push back if it is. But I've just so accepted the fate of like, there's really no avoiding COVID anymore. I guess we all just get it and then hope for the best. Like, am I aware that there are some possible, you know, long-term effects that there are problems with it? Yes. But is there any way 
to really avoid it, I feel no. So I, I'm just sort of embracing my fate. And I'm like, yeah, the kids have it and we'll see what happens. I don't think that's something that one should feel fine about, but I'm not sure that we have, or have been given much of a choice. I guess that's it. It's not that I'm like, throw caution to the wind. Listen, I'm still wearing a mask on a plane. I'm still wearing a mask a lot of places, but I do feel like it's out of my hands, basically. That's how I feel. And so the amount of nervousness I feel about it, it's not that I'm not nervous about it. It's just that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it or not at this point, And there's not much you can do. But I think people are still surprised. You know, like I was symptomatic for several days before I finally tested positive. So here's my PSA. If you have symptoms, keep testing because when you are vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, which we are, you will start showing symptoms right away because your body's like, nope, nope, do not come in here. Not today. Right. So your body is mounting an immediate reaction while the viral load is still low. And that's why with these new variants, you can be symptomatic and be like, huh, I guess it was just a cold. I only need to keep testing because I have been exposed to somebody. But if I had stopped testing, like I went on planes, I like went, you know, I canceled stuff and I waited until I was negative again. But I mean, I was, I would have encountered all sorts of people and been like, well, I tested, but I guess I have a cold and infected people. And I guess we're not supposed to worry about that anymore. This is where I lose the thread too. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do about that. Well, it's very interesting now having it. We spent the weekend with the kids having it and it's finally maybe spring, although it's still freezing in New York, but I went to the garden center and one of my kids who has it, we did a lot of outdoor planning. We both wore masks and we were outside. I don't have it so far. And I said, I'm going to go back to the garden center because I hadn't gotten enough plants. And she said, oh, well, I really want to come. And I was sort of like, yeah, I guess it's fine. And then I was like, wait, wait, no, it's not fine. Like you've COVID, you can't be running around places. But it is interesting how much in the beginning it was like, you have COVID, put the unclean bell on and like stay at home and like seal the house for 15 days. And I even found having to remind myself of like, oh, you really can't go. And my other kid who probably has it has symptoms and is continuing to test negative. And so I don't know if he's just, he has a sore throat, fever and headache. Like it's exactly the same symptoms that my daughter has. So he has it to some degree. Yeah. But I'm still amazed by how unclear I am of like, what are we supposed to do in terms of like, okay, if he keeps testing negative, do I still wait five days to send him back to school? And I'll just call the school nurse at some point. I'm just... Ever since COVID began, I have been waiting for someone to tell me what to do, and nobody will tell me what to do, and I feel super confused, and I still feel that confused, and we're this far into it. My daughter, several kids in her grade have it right now, and you're right, like it's changed, and probably deservedly so to when nobody was vaccinated and people were less protected from it when you got it. Once you got it, what happened next? So anyway, four kids in her homeroom have it. And, you know, they stayed home once they tested positive, but they're still going to school and wearing masks if they want to. She's like, Mom, we're all wearing masks, half the homeroom has COVID. But these kids are, they're eighth graders, they're taking themselves. I don't know about where our listeners live, but in New York City, there are vans that are just parked like every couple of blocks. In New York City, we can get a COVID test, get a PCR COVID test, rapid COVID test, and it's free if you have insurance. And I met my daughter there yesterday. And fun. I didn't even have to meet her. Like there are these like 13 year olds like walking up to the van and like scanning the code and typing in information and standing there for the test. And these kids like can do their COVID test by themselves. And they're doing it because the school's telling them to do it. But anyway, it's like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And the kids like take themselves to the van. It's the weirdest. I guess this is what we're doing now world. 
I will say that having done a billion COVID tests in the last couple of days, the home tests, first of all, I wish we could have all gotten on the same page with these tests, that they're all the same. Like I have to learn a new system for every test, you know? And like download an app for some of them, which I hate. Like I am not downloading an app to stick this swab up my nose. I don't download the app. But even just the basic instructions, it's always like swabby thing, reagent thing or whatever, the dropper thing. And then the test thing. Science and tech reporter Margaret Abels. Science and tech reporter Margaret Abels <laughs> saying that it's the swabby thing, the droppy thing, and maybe something called a reagent. But they all do it just differently enough that I have to relearn. I mean, we have 10 boxes and they're all just, just a little different. different. Like, couldn't we have all just gotten on the same page that, you know, and... Yeah. I mean, we have like the kind that looks like a lollipop that you fold. We have the kind that you drip into the thing. It looks like a pregnancy test. I'm like, just don't make me learn 10 different ways to give a COVID test. But that being said, I'm wearing my N95 because now my kids really have it. So we got like the construction masks because I'm trying not to get it. And I mean, there is something about the kids and the swabs and the like doing the like little chemistry home. You really feel like you're in a movie. I'm like, what is happening right now? The normalization of this? It's not that complicated, but I'm a moron. That's what I'm saying. The head of my kid's grade school. So all my kids have gone to the same grade school, nursery through eighth grade. And my daughter's in eighth grade now. So we have been around this school since 2005 and are about to leave. So I'm sad about that. And I'm really sad about... Misty watercolored memories, Amy. Yeah. And I am really talking about like, getting back to normal, like we're finally going to get back in the building so that we can leave it. But when we had our first, remember like really early on, we did, the school did its first like parent Zoom call. I think there were like 350 cameras on the Zoom, which means like basically like every single household in the school. And we're looking to the head of the school, like, what are you going to say? And she said, I remember this. Hopefully she said, this is going to be a a semicolon in our children's lives. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not a period. Hopefully not a paragraph break. Hopefully just a semicolon. And I think about that all the time. It's like, mm, it was definitely a period paragraph break, maybe chapter break, maybe, you know, new book entirely. I don't know what this is at this point. But we, I think for a long time, I was like, okay, then we'll go back to normal by next September. Yes, things will be, quote unquote, back to the way they were. And it's slowly dawning on me There's that's not happening. I remember when it first started... I was, my obsession, everyone had kind of different obsessions. My obsession was like looking at like the data out of Wuhan and like, were they back to normal? And it's, you know, basically there were stories like maybe three months in that they were like, the hospital is clearing out. Like it's, and I was like, okay. I remember that. So it's three months is how long it will be. Cause I was very obsessed with how long it will be. And we've talked about this before, but I think it is worth underlining the fact that this experience I feel like in our storytelling minds, there is like the VE day, like the sailor kisses the nurse in Times Square and confetti cannons go off and it's like, you did it. Or in Wuhan, I remember the video with the doctors walking out of that hospital and taking off their PPE while everybody clapped, right? And I clapped in my living room like it takes, as you said, about three months and then it'll be done. There's a all clear whistle. We'll know when it happens. Ollie, Ollie, I'm free, as we used to say at the end of the hide and seek game. You're, that's an oldie locks alert. <laughs> Back in my day. That's an oldie locks alert? When you were playing like jacks and like spinning a hula hoop on the sidewalk? I guess. But it's like an oldie locks alert from an oldie locks alert. <laughs> like it's like watching Gilligan's Island in black and white. Like that, I'm not that it's old. It's like Mother Goose is an oldie locks alert. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of those things survive. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I think the idea of running a race with no finish line is 
very mentally challenging in a way that maybe we don't always acknowledge about this situation, that the idea, I think I've used this metaphor about COVID before, but it's always worth a revisit of one of my stellar metaphors, Amy. But we were running a marathon overseas and we had been told or someone figured out that the marathon distance in kilometers was 40 kilometers and it's actually 42 kilometers. And like that last two kilometers, it's like the longest stretch of my life because I kept thinking at 36, four more to go. And like I was there at 40, we're looking around for the finish line and I had to keep running, you know? And I feel like this has been, it's 42. No, it's 44. No, it's 46. No, it's 48. But also, I don't even know how to extend the metaphor, but also like you can switch to roller skates at 44 because it has gotten easier, mm-hmm. but it hasn't stopped. Like it hasn't, we still aren't like, Hooray finish line. Right. Like I'll probably be keeping a, a mask in my purse and a couple in the car for a long time. And, and in the end, I, to me, it's not that big a deal. If somebody wants you to put a mask on, you put a mask on. You go in the store where they have a, please wear a mask on the door. You put one on. That's not that big a deal. But that wasn't what we thought. We thought we were going to have like a great bonfire in the street and burn them. We signed up for two weeks to bend the curve, Amy. That's what I signed up for. Two weeks to bend the curve. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was told. Hi. <laughs> I'd like to speak to the manager of COVID because I clearly signed up for two weeks to bend the curve, and that is not what I got. Two weeks. This is a totally defective (laughs) pandemic, sir. I hope that'll go better than my recent customer service experiences. I won't get into it, but yeah, I had somebody like, ma'am, ma'am, you are going to have to let me finish. He was like, he had all day to tell me, no, sit back down. Uh, Did you get a, you need to calm down? Oh, yeah, I did. (laughs) And it worked. I totally calmed down once he said that. No, it was great. Then I suddenly calmed down and everything. My favorite is at customer service at the end where they say, can I help you with anything else? At which point I inevitably scream, you would have had to have helped me with something to help me with anything else. The thing that I called about. Yes. Do you remember, before we went on go to break, I just want to highlight and I'll put the link in the show notes. We talked about the third quarter phenomenon probably a year ago. So the third quarter phenomenon. And by the way, that was no third quarter, Amy. Exactly. So the third quarter phenomenon, and again, I'll put the link in the show notes, is this idea that there's a weather station down in Antarctica and they, you know, spend the whole winter down there. And it's like, you know, the Overlook Hotel, like you're kind of there for months and it's going to get pretty lonely and pretty intense. And year after year, the people who work there, like the worst part is February or like there's the most like domestic violence trips to the emergency room in February. There's something about like the almost end of winter that makes us all go loco and we're almost done. But it's like knowing that you're almost done is almost worse. And so we talked about that a year ago, like we're almost done, but we can't quite see the finish line. And now we're a year later, like what if there is no finish line, right? What if we all just sort of stop running when we want to? Well, yeah, I think that's the reality. All right, put a pin on the no finish line. We'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. 
for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So, no finish line. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But I also, I think that there are, it's not also true that it's the same as it was in March in 2020. So it's like, right, we're all just kind of finding our own finish lines, right? We're all just sort of like, I'm out. And that's sort of, I mean, I think I have gotten to that point a little bit of feeling like, yeah, I guess I'm done with this. And now we're going to get it. I mean, I've been fairly cautious for myself. We were at a conference this weekend and I was more cautious than some. Amy had just had COVID, so you didn't really need to be cautious at all. Right. I was literally the one person who didn't have to wear, but I still put on a mask. Like if I got in an elevator with a pregnant woman with a mask on, I put a mask on because I'm, I was not interested in being like, get used to it. You know, I wasn't other people's comfort levels. Yeah, exactly. Factor in for me. So I'm like, she won't get it from me, the one person she won't, but I'll put it on anyway. Yeah. I mean, I was really kind of aware of trying not to get it, but at a certain point, it really did become just sort of like, it's now to a point where I'm realizing that it's becoming kind of like theatrical, the mask in terms of like, all right, I guess I'll put it on while I'm walking in and then while I'm eating, I have it off. And that, none of it makes any sense, which has been a bit of the problem since the beginning. Right. But I do think for me, I'm sort of like, I'm going to pretty much stop running until I get more information. The problem was that we have this cognitive dissonance, like masks don't work. Like, well, they work if everybody wears them and keeps them on, but we didn't really want to do that. And so... Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, they would work if we wanted to wear them all the time, which I guess we don't anymore. But I think it's we're starting to focus on this, like, what does normal mean and how do we get back to normal? Because it's not happening. And we thought that that would be how we would know to stop running, right? There would be this tape we'd run through. There'd be an all clear siren and you'd be like, and done. Yeah. Like the week that my apartment building in New York City, we finally said like, okay, you don't have to wear masks in the elevator anymore, which we kept going for a long time because there are families with kids under five in the building. Like the same week was, okay, we're finally done and getting the email like, New York City is now at code yellow. Like, okay, so we waited until they're on the way back up. Like, none of it makes any sense. And I guess we just stopped running now. That's, and we're all making these decisions with even less guidance than we used to have. It's all bonkers. 
Because yes, I think we've established this is incredibly confusing and frustrating and exhausting. And I also think the problem with no finish line is that you don't know when to stop running. And the bigger problem, I think, that I don't think anyone's talking about as much is like when you cross the finish line, you can start to like tend to your injuries and like talk about how hard the marathon was and like sit down and rest and ice yourself for a while and like lay on the grass and stare at the sky and get your breath back. Put on your foil cape. Yep. Yeah. Put on your foil cape and then have someone treat you to a really nice dinner. And say like, wow, that was really hard. And yeah, and share the experience with everybody else wearing the foil cape, right? Yeah. Share the experience. Yeah, share the victory and share the difficulty of how hard it was. And I think that that part has been really tough. That's what it is. I'm, yeah, like you're still running and there are people on the sidelines with their silver capes. Like, what are you still running for? Because like, I guess I feel really motivated to keep this up. Why? That's hard. We're not in the same place. Yeah. And I'm definitely I mean, I will say I've stopped running, but it's like, I guess there's a finish line out there somewhere, but I'm, I'm done, you know, but that's a privilege. And we know that that's a privilege. Like you don't have any Buddy, immunocompromised living with you. You don't have a premature baby. Like you don't have yeah. reasons to keep running. People who are running aren't running because they feel like it. Oh, yeah. And as you said, I'm not running around being like, it's fine if my kid comes to the store with COVID and I am wearing masks in anywhere where I think that would be helpful. But I just mean like, I think that the like ending is hard because you know, it was like, okay, we're busy surviving this. So let's not like address the anxiety and the lack of schooling and the doubling of the workload for moms and all of these things that happened. Let's just keep going. You know, I remember they had in New York, this big concert in Central Park. Do you remember that? And it was like the end of COVID fun party. And it's like, oh, that wasn't the end, you know? And I think that that part is very psychologically hard. The no, like, this is over. It's not over. It's just kind of, but it's not like, woo, party in Times Square. And it is better than it was, right? And if you get COVID, you'll probably be fine. Even if you go to the hospital, you probably won't die and your kids will be fine. It doesn't mean it's normal, right? Like this isn't normal. None of us are living like we did two years ago and it's a lot better, but it's not normal. And even if everything could go, like, here's what I want to explore a little bit. We were waiting for two years to things to go back to the way they used to be. And they're not sure. They're not the same, right? We went, Margaret and I went to a conference that we've been to many times and it was canceled three, four times over the last couple of years. They kept pushing it out. And we went back and, you know, the opening moments of it, instead of being this like jubilant celebratory. Here we are. Yeehaw. Yeah. It was sort of like the last two years. It was a beautiful, accurate, touching. Melancholy. Melancholy. This has been real, y'all. Right. And that was the beginning. And then it was sort of like, oh, right. We can't go back to the way things used to be. And some of the ways things used to be weren't very good. But that's no longer the goal. Yes. And I will say I went to a wedding in May of, it must have been 2021, of course, May 2021. We had all been vaccinated. The mask mandates were dropping. It was hot vac summer. And let me tell you, like May 20th, my whole family, everyone's dressed to the nines. We are partying like rock stars. And 
it did feel like it's over. We're done. And then that that's the sensation that I think we've lost. It's like we were like, end scene, party it up. And, you know, we were walking through the hotel and they were like, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. We were <laughs> gingerly taking them off. And it was that scene that you're looking for of like the mold people coming out from underground, like it's really safe now. And then it was like, womp, womp. Right. And then Lucy yanked the football again. Oh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Yeah. So is it about like a new normal? Like we can't go back to normal. Are we, I'm still mourning that. And I guess I have to do that first. Like my daughter's grade school career is over and I've missed, she's missed spring plays and I've missed time in that building. And I'm a, you know, I love committees. I'm kind of introverted. So that's how I see people. And this was a school community that I've been part of for 15 years and we miss some of it. And now like we got to go, like it's not our school anymore. We're leaving. And what do you mean? We missed it. And I have feelings about that to going, you know, trying to reunions that get scheduled over and over rescheduled. Sorry. And then you finally go and like half the people can't come because somebody has COVID like what? This is not fair. This is not some of the friendships that I had two years ago. They're not really there to go back to in the same way. Because at least in New York City, people left, people scattered. If you had somewhere to be besides your apartment, you went, even if it was, you know, your mom's basement or whatever, you got out of the city. And a lot of people didn't come back. And a lot of other people realized during that that they don't actually have to be here if they don't want to be. And I don't think just New York City, but certainly it was very true here. And so my sort of groups, my sort of, you know, social circles have completely changed. And I've met some new people and it's been great, but they're not, we can't go back to the dinner party with the 10 people that we had in the fall of 2019. Like, yeah, like half those people have moved away. Like it's, it was a long time. Yeah. I do think that is part of embracing the new normal. And that's what I was saying. It's like that finish line isn't coming. So like really just saying like, oh, my kids, I say my, our school only goes through fourth grade. So this started during my kid's second grade and she's going to be a fourth grader and she missed the bulk of this lovely little school that my other kids had this amazing experience at. Like taking the time to be like, well, that was bad. Things are better. And also I'm finding that like sleeping in until 830 on Saturday mornings and getting up and having nowhere to be and not doing anything. Like I'm finding it a little hard to break out of like the laziness that I have embraced during COVID in some good ways. Like I'm not running around like a crazy person because there's eight things every day. I was just filling out our May calendar on the wall and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like it's like you can't even see the white for all the things that are filled in, you know? Yes, that's back. I think that's tough too, that new normal of like, and things are coming back and It is. It's complicated in both directions. It's complicated that the things for the things you missed. And it's also complicated for the things that you embrace that you have to let go of now, you know? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm telling you, I love the conference that we just went to. Love the people. Love hanging with Amy. I didn't want to go. You dragged me kicking and screaming onto that plane because I just lost my appetite for traveling. My husband has an overseas trip. I'm like, oh, what a nightmare. Like, I don't know. We've both lost our appetite for cramming onto a plane and going somewhere. And I had an amazing time and I was really happy to do it. And it felt fun to be out with people again. But I found it much more tiring than I would have because I'm just, I don't have those muscles developed anymore. That's so interesting because I think that I am pretty cautious 
about COVID and it's partially is living in New York City, partially is having a daughter who was sick for a very long time from COVID. But I've been traveling a fair amount. I was on a lot of planes recently and it struck me because I feel like I live in a world where everybody's like, COVID's over, get back to normal. And I'm the lagger. But then when we went to this conference, it really struck me how I had the same conversation over and over again while we were there with, there were mostly women and mostly moms at this conference. Over and over, I would meet somebody and they'd say like, this is like, this is a little weird. I haven't gone anywhere. This is my first time on a plane. This is my first time leaving my kids. And a lot of the people there had much younger kids than we did. Anyway, I was sort of like, huh, I thought that I was behind, but actually I've been out in the world a ton, which is where I got COVID. And these people are still peeking out of their hidey holes. Like we are just how many steps there are on this process and how very different we are. On the journey. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I think I will get that back because I normally like thrive in those kind of environments, but I'm surprised by how hard I'm finding it just to want (laughs) to, I don't know, get dressed, like, put makeup on, uh, high heels, like uh, it just, and also I think that I was of an age in the pandemic where I kind of crossed over into being a true oldie locks during the pandemic, you know, like I feel like it started when I was, you know, one age and then I crossed the Rubicon into like old lady dumb. And now I'm like, I'd rather just sit with my cat in my lap and my knitting and yell at kids to get off my lawn than go anywhere in Spanx. Every picture, video, my husband took a video of me dancing at a party the other night with a guy who was like, was really good at dancing salsa. So he was teaching me salsa. My husband was glad to like laugh and take some video. And I'm like, who is this old lady? <laughs> like, how, like, what happened that I got so old? And then I thought like the pandemic happened. Yes, yes, it did age me. And maybe I shouldn't be so ashamed of that. Maybe I shouldn't put feeling bad about that. Like, of course I look older. The last two years have been really rough. Yeah, I do feel like how I look is how I look. You deal with that. But I do feel that sensation of like, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. And I just was thinking about this. I have a yoga instructor who I love. I've definitely talked about this before. She's actually moving away. Pandemic related decision. Got to live your life you want to live. She's going to move across the country. I've been taking her classes on Zoom four times a week. Now it's like once every other week because my calendar is getting too darn busy. And I'm so nostalgic for like, no, no, no. Like, I want to go back to the time when I had time to take your yoga class four times a week because I loved it so much. Kind of conveniently forgetting that it was like sometimes the only person who didn't live in my house that I talked to that day. And I would usually cry throughout Shavasana because it was so (laughs) lonely and hard the moment that I was in. And this was like the life raft that I was clinging to was yoga on Tuesdays at nine. And so I'm kind of forgetting that part. But I'm like, it was kind of nice when we just hung out at home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of nice. All right, Amy, we'll be right back. So I have been taking my Nutrafol regularly, and oh my goodness, it works. Friends, I'm here to say, ditto, it works. I mean, most of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives, and yes, it's perfectly normal, but if you also see your part getting a little wider, join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow based on your age, your lifestyle factors, because a one-size-fits-all approach to hair products isn't practical. 
Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth by targeting key root causes of thinning like stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LAUGHING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code laughing. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code laughing. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Now, COVID then versus COVID now. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. COVID then. Everyone stay inside and stay safe. Like maybe forever. COVID now. Go on out. I mean, you'll probably be fine. Listen, no guarantees, but go ahead. COVID then. Two weeks to bend the curve. COVID now. Two and like a half years to maybe get back to normal, but... Also, maybe not. I mean, who could say? COVID then. Your kids will need to be homeschooled, and it will be horrible. COVID now. Your kids are back in school. It's still horrible, but just in different ways. COVID then. Doom scrolling to find out if new or more dangerous variants are emerging while eating sourdough. COVID now. Doom scrolling to see if new and more dangerous variants are emerging, and also doom scrolling on a wide new range of topics. Also, you've run out of energy for baking, so you have nothing good to snack on. This has been COVID Then versus COVID Now. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Can I give you some inspiration from moving forward? Oh, please do. You could use a little lift, right? Do you think I'd say no to that at this point? Hanging by a thread here. I'm that little cat poster. This is not Pollyanna, but it's helpful, I think. So Dan Sinker for Esquire wrote an article recently called, If we're back to normal, why am I still so exhausted all the time? We will feel (laughs) deeply seen. I'll put the links in the show notes. But he says, going back to normal is the wrong direction anyway. We need to move forward to build new lives and better lives. You ready? He's got a little bit of a soapbox, but I thought this was a good list. We need lives that address the inequalities that the pandemic laid bare. We need to pay people to do work that we deemed essential two years ago, wages that reflect that. We need to have proper health care. 
We need to give parents the support they desperately need. We need lives that lift up black and brown people who bore the brunt of the pandemic's harshest outcomes. We need lives that feel like they're worth living for everyone. But that means overcoming vast differences. Just to bring it back down, he says that feels like a non-starter, overcoming vast differences. Well, yeah. And I do think the pandemic has been super interesting in terms of what isolation brought out in people. And I think the nexus of sudden isolation and the omnipresence of social media has been unbelievably toxic and eye-opening. And I do think that's one thing I'm looking forward to. One of the first things I went to post-pandemic was the New York City Marathon. My niece was running in it and a couple friends. And I brought my daughter with me and we went down Saw you. So post-pandemic, I'm just saying, was this November 2020 or November 2021? No, no, no. It was November 2021. Okay. Because I don't think they ran it November 2020. Oh, I guess you're not. And then November 2021 was like, here comes Omicron, but like the gate was coming down, but it wasn't quite down yet. Right. And it's all outdoors. We ran into you on the street. Remember you and your hubby? Yeah, yeah. All this to say, we went and I realized like, oh, this is such a huge thing that we've been missing. This is like every goon in New York City is out in the streets. The people who are running are like, it's cops, it's firemen, it's people dressed as ballerinas, it's men in full ball gowns, it's a lot of people just running who you don't know anything about them, it's people with wacky signs, and you just feel that energy of like, we're all in this thing together, which is like, you guys go run, go get it, it's so awesome to cheer you on whoever you are. I don't happen to know whether or not you liked the show that I like based on your Twitter feed. And I certainly don't know who you voted for for president. And I certainly don't know your opinion on a vast range of issues that would make me probably like or dislike you more. And I do think that getting out from behind our computers and being in communion with actual humans again is going to, I hope it's going to help us. That's one thing I'm really looking forward to, to the pandemic being over. And this is not something that I'm saying. I mean, there's a million studies about how isolation and overuse of social media has totally radicalized people. And I have found as I start to fall back down like certain Twitter rabbit holes that I'm trying to make that choice of like, I can actually just walk away from this. I don't have to engage with all of my fellow humans on Twitter, because it does not make me like people more. It makes me like people less. Yeah. And then I think the war in Ukraine, like it's been a grim couple of years, right? And it's hard to believe. Let me throw another quote at you. Dan Saltstein, he's a New York Times journalist. And he said he was actually responding to this Dan Sinker article in Esquire. He wrote to Dan Sinker on Twitter. I saw this. And he said, the thing that puts this all over the top for me is being a parent. If I have to live with all of this for X years more, not great, but okay. But the chances of us making substantive changes to how we live seems bleak and unlikely. And our kids are going to have to live with that. Mm, Disagree. I mean, maybe I'm just more naturally optimistic, but I think that We were just talking about this in another context offline, but I feel like before the pandemic, we had a ton of conversations for people who were like, what kids need is grit. You know, they're helicopter parent and everyone snowplows everything out of their way. Nothing bad ever happens to kids. And so they don't have grit. And then like this thing happened that was really hard. And now it's like, what price will our children pay? And like, yes, this is what being alive and a human being, please read Kate Bowler's book, No Cure for Being Human. Like, 
this is the human experience is living through things and being part of yeah but i can amy's making a this is not true face but he's not saying like it was unfair to them that they had to wear a mask at school for two years and they'll never recover from that he's not saying that he's saying what the pandemic showed us is that there's vast inequalities in our system and we seem unwilling to fix them which seems particularly bleak to me as a parent because my kids are going to inherit problems that we seem unwilling to fix i'm going to push back this is a conversation that has been going on forever who would want to raise a kid in this world? Right. You think in the 1950s when like people who were level-headed and saw people like being attacked by dogs in the streets and like having a duck under their desks every six seconds because a nuclear bomb was about to drop on them weren't like, oh my God, I don't want to have kids because the vast inequality in our country is depressing and the fact that a nuclear bomb is going to drop on me. This is the way that people feel about humanity. This is the human experience. And I think sometimes the pandemic, this is why, I mean, please understand I'm a little tongue in cheek when I say COVID is over, but I also think there's an over-dialing in and an over-intellectualism about all of this analysis and like, what does it all mean? It means what it means. It means you get up in the morning. It means you get through another day and like, it is better than it was. And I don't think that we can constantly stay in this space of like, well, the pandemic came and there was a life before it and now there's not. And I don't know. I think there is a future that looks bright to me and like, we're always solving problems and we're always coming out of disasters and heading into new disasters. And I don't know. I find that foreign to me. But it's not the pandemic. I think it's more than the pandemic. And I think that what is different, like when people were marching in the streets and like what will become like the civil rights, like people were like engaged, like we got to change things. We got to do things. And I think that maybe that's been kind of beaten out of us the last couple of years. Like, what are you going to do? Nothing works. People are going to make their own choices. Yeah. I don't know who to believe anymore. You know what I mean? That we are just sort of like things stink and they probably should change, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do about it. I do think that's a little bit different than it was in the 60s. And that's bleak. And I hope that our kids are like, you know what? We need to make sure that the next time, <laughs> you know, something like this happens, that there's equal access to healthcare for everybody. Maybe that's too high an ideal, but you know, ideals are good. I mean, it's good to have ideals. It's good to have people who want them. I'm team having faith in the kids. Like I'm team in having faith in myself. I mean, I still feel activated by tons of stuff and active and like of all of the things I'm coming back to, like being a productive citizen, I hope is at the top of the list. And I think that it's okay to let go of the parts of COVID that you can let go of. That's what I'm trying to work on for myself. And I think that the dialogue that we've kind of gotten locked into a little bit is like, there's doors, you know, there's like you wear a mask or you don't, you believe in COVID or you don't you know, you're pro-science or you're anti-science and that there is a way forward where we all are like coming out from behind our computers, I hope, a little bit more into like basic communion with other human beings that I see as a net positive, I think. You know, I was thinking about the, when you were talking about running the marathon and thinking about like our race metaphor, when you were at that marathon, there's nobody standing on the side saying, marathons are bad. People who are running are stupid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, trying right. to stop them from running because you make me feel bad that I'm not running. Like that's it was just right. I think running a marathon is awesome or dumb, but my sister's in the marathon and I'm going to clap for everybody running the marathon, even people I don't know. Yeah. I got a goofy sign. Exactly. It says run, baby, run. Yeah. Right. 
and I got a goofy sign. And that sort of shared experience, I think you're right. Like, that is the way out. Like, let's all clap for people who are running really long distances because they decided to set this ridiculous goal for themselves. Yeah. And then they're going to get a foil cape at the end. Yay! You know, that's enough. And, like, our town music festival is back on. It's outdoors this summer for the first time. It's like, oh, right. I kind of don't love your views on X, Y, and Z. But, like, hey... 10,000 Maniacs is playing, we're all going out there and jumping around like fools with a beach ball, you know? And I do think that this new normal, it is rife with possibilities. And for sure, listen, you can always paint it as like, it's not really over and it's bad and we've learned, you know, but I don't know. I just, I'm a cockeyed optimist, Amy. I think there's potential out there. It was a great shared experience, you know, with John Krasinski doing today's good news from his house or whatever, right? It wasn't, I don't mean a terrific shared experience. I mean a colossal shared experience, a very large shared experience that became like the pinnacle of unshared experiences. Yeah. And then we all had these like differences of opinion over who should wear a mask in the grocery store, right? And we fractured. And so maybe that is it. Like, let's all getting back together to cheer for the uh, Little League team is and just i don't know moving out of this sort of crisis thinking maybe that's what it was that we all got a little bit like it's me or you it's him or her it's not we can't all do this i have to protect myself and that means forget everybody else maybe we can reset that when the sun comes back out yeah i think that's right and i think that it may not be normal but it is new what's going on here like it's not the same as it's been before it's better objectively in terms of like where we are in the pandemic. Yes. And what we know. And it doesn't mean it's going to be sunshine and roses and puppies for everybody. It's not. It's going to be still really hard for a lot of people. It's still going to cause a lot of chaos in a lot of realms. But I do think like it's time to embrace the new normal, whatever that is, because there is something new and it doesn't look like the normal from before, but like here it is and it is new and that's good. Love it. Solved it. Solved the pandemic, Amy. Thank you. I mean, we've solved the pandemic like 10 times for you people. I don't know what else you want from us. (laughs) I don't know why we keep returning to this. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to do the mailbag at the end of the episode because we never did it. Please do. This is the latest mailbag because it inspired this episode. It's actually, funnily, a good ending to this. Mailbag. So Tatum said this on Instagram. Love Tatum as a name. Tatum says, I started listening to your podcast a couple months ago, but I started as far back as Spotify would take me. Now I'm listening to January 2020, and I just keep thinking, poor, sweet, innocent, pre-COVID Amy and Margaret. (laughs) Loving your podcast and really hoping the past couple of years have been okay for you guys. They were okay and they were not okay. They were both. Right. But we're still here. And I guess that's worth something. Yeah, it's it's worth so, so much. And we are on... Listen, it's not back to normal, but we are on the other side of something in some fundamental way. And that's worth like high-fiving each other and your friends about. Right. And coming back down to base camp being like, where's my stuff is a weird feeling, but that doesn't mean you got to go back up to the top. (laughs) No, that is well said. Really well said. (laughs) If you listen to Audible, we wanted to let you guys know that you actually can also listen to us on Audible, right in the Audible app. And if you do, you know, give us some stars, give us some hearts, give us a great review. It'll help more people find us there. 
Yes, please do that. Audible and really wherever you are, just go star crazy. Before you go out to your new normal, take some time and give us 8 million stars wherever you're listening to this. (laughs) Make that part of your new normal. Make that every day, reviewing us with 9 million stars wherever you listen. And with that, friends, we'll talk to you next week. So long. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.